Okay, so somehow uh, we've already reached the end of series one and joining me for today's episode is Tyrone Huntley. Very Hello. exciting. Hello, how are you? Very well, thank you. Good, and you're currently in rehearsals for the Watermills production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. I am, yes. And how's that going? Who are you, who are you playing in it? I'm playing Lysander. Okay. Uh, one of the lovers who gets lost in the forest and, you know, um... I was going to say poison, but it's not poison. It's like he gets a spell put on him uh-huh. with some flower juice. And, uh, <laughs> I love how you're giving me the plot of a Midsummer Night's Dream. But, well, <laughs> just for the, you know, some people might not have seen some it. Some people might not have seen it. And yeah. how is it going? How is... Uh, when do you open? Uh, we open on the 10th of May. Okay. And we run until the 16th of June. And you've just done this kind of back-to-back with a play... At Southwark as well, uh, called yeah. Angry. Yeah. Um, and both of them are kind of like quite stark contrast from the stuff that people might know you for. Yes. These are much smaller things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Southwark, you did it in the large, but it was still no, only... did it in the little. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, gosh. The space was absolutely tiny. And obviously the watermill's only 200, 300 yeah, seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's that like, going from these huge spaces to... It's, um, more than anything, it's, it's exposing... Um, because, um, you know, when you're on a big stage, uh, in the Savoy Theatre or the, Mm -hmm. you know, the Prince of Wales or something like that, and, you know, the audience is out there, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, it's just, it's just a, 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 black box yeah. and nothing you can yeah. see the first few rows like a void. And, yeah so you sort of sometimes forget that they're there so you're just performing and it's just you know the mm. same show that you perform mm. every night but whereas when I was working in the uh, the Southwark Playhouse in the little space mm. you can literally look every single person in the eye mm. and you know see their reactions on such a small scale because mm. they're there in front of you uh-huh. and it does definitely sort of affect your performance and, and inform your performance uh-huh. Luckily, um, the play Angry was more of a, um, it was a selection of six monologues. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were talking to the audience like they were the other side of the conversation, essentially. So we could use their reactions to um, inform that particular Mm -hmm. performance on the day, which is brilliant because, you know... Um, there's always that thing that people say about acting oh, don't get bored doing the same thing every night and, and this was a perfect um, opportunity to, to change things up every night obviously we had uh-huh. to stick within the, the things that we've been directed to do but um, you could feel the audience out and see what they uh-huh. sort of were responding to and, and work with it so it was really really cool to be mm. able to do that So you, you've just done Angry you're doing Miss Summer Night's Dream as we said both smaller productions was it a conscious decision to do these smaller venues um, after having done... Because, you know, yeah. the shows you've done so far yeah. are much, much bigger, as you say. Mm-hmm. You're playing mm-hmm. to this huge void. And then in in succession, you've done these two shows which are in smaller houses. I just wonder, part of me kind of, as an, an, as an onlooker, kind of goes, oh, are you consciously seeking out a different kind of experience? Yeah, I think so. The the fact that we're, we're I say we, I'm thinking me and my agent, <laughs> but the fact that we sort of decided to sort of go into these smaller venues is not necessarily just to go into smaller venues, but it's more with a view of getting more experience doing uh, plays without music, mm. without singing. Mm. And um, in order to do that, you sort of have to start small Mm-hmm. learn from people who have been doing it for a long, long time mm-hmm. in order to sort of build up that um, rep of, 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 of plays that you've been in mm-hmm. so that the bigger venues will sort of take you more seriously uh-huh. as, as, a, as a, an actor that can act. Mm. 
like primarily and not just sort of re- rely on my you know singing voice or, or dancing or whatever and was angry your first play it was my first um professional play yes uh-huh. uh which was very scary because I felt like I was being thrown in the deep end yeah. because there was only two of us in the company. Yeah. So not only because it was a small space was it exposing, but, you know, for 98% of the time, it was just me on the stage on my own. Uh-huh. And for those people who don't know, it was a series of six monologues, yeah. as you said, but there was you and another girl in the yeah. cast and you alternated which monologues you did every yeah. night. Yeah. So you might not have been doing... You didn't do the same show two uh, times in yeah, a row. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'd swap, we'd swap every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we knew what the schedule was going to be. So it wasn't like yeah. a flip of the coin, like yeah. some... some um, productions have done but it was still you know we had to learn the whole play every single word of the play yeah, yeah, when yeah. you looked at the the, the the script it was just and did you ever just look at the uh, I've, I've forgotten the actress's name uh, Georgie Henley did you ever look at Georgie and just think ah, I wouldn't have made that choice Georgie <laughs> <laughs> no actually the the, the opposite um, we rehearsed separately so for three weeks we didn't see any of the decisions that either oh, of us had wow. made it was just one on one with the director and then um, about three or four days before we went into the theatre we had like our show and tell uh-huh. um, so where, you did all six for her and she did all six yeah, for you yeah yeah wow. and uh, it was one of those moments where oh I wish I'd have made that decision uh-huh. or oh gosh that's really mm. funny I didn't even think of it that way mm-hmm. um, and it was it, for the first few days after we'd seen each other's um, uh, like show and tell uh, it was trying not to steal the ideas uh-huh. that was the to commit to your own yeah exactly yeah. just now I made this decision yeah, with, yeah. with Max the director and we mm-hmm. you know I believe in it and just stay with it and mm-hmm. you know um, and that was what was great about the production is that the audience came if they came twice which they were encouraged to do and most mm-hmm. people did um, they saw two completely different interpretations mm-hmm. of, of the piece which is you know the words on the page you could everyone reads them in such a different way yeah and to see them performed in such um sometimes completely contrasting ways was really interesting Do, is there anything about you which thinks that's a bit gimmicky to do yeah 100% yeah (laughs) I think think that's you know in this day and age where there's so much choice to go and see things at the theatre and and it's getting more and more expensive as well and because we were at the Southwark Playhouse which is such an incredible theatre but it's not in town so like Uh tourist wise people aren't going to come out you know if they're they're in town and they walk past Les Mis they're just going to go there why Mm -hmm. would they come all the way out to Southwark so you have to sort of entice people be inventive and 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 get them to come and see it and you know we we pretty much we sold out a lot Mm -hmm. which I didn't think we would um and we did and and I think that was because people were interested in Mm -hmm. coming to see two different interpretations it's a great idea it's a really good idea yeah and it is a bit gimmicky but it worked and it was you know a a theatrical exploration of something a little bit different I love a gimmick I love a gimmick and I think as as, especially as now I've gone on to the other side onto the creative side Mm -hmm. of things I know that gimmick a good gimmick is is kind of what it's all about you spend your time trying to come up with things that are going to entice people and and make them come and see the show so you've done these two plays Mm -hmm. and it was a conscious choice to do things without music which has kind of been the foundation of your career so far I guess yeah yeah um so have you found what you're looking for I think what was good about Angry because Midsummer Night's Dream is a little bit different because it's actor muso there's music in it okay and I do sing a song Mm -hmm. very very short but um uh Angry was different because I it was just in a confidence way, 
it was nice to sort of have that trust to go, look, you're known for being a singer, actor, mm -hmm. but we're going to trust you with this piece that has no music in it at all. Mm -hmm. And it's just words and it's just telling a story. And it was just great and uh, to, to sort of be trusted with that and know that I can act. That's what I do. That's what I'm here for. And singing, you know, is acting through song. Mm -hmm. So um, it was great to know that people think that I can do that. And, and, because I think that I can do that, but it's, you know, it's easy me saying, oh, I'm an actor. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's, there's this stigma attached to, to musical theatre actors that they're only there to sort of, you know. I think acting through it. song is possibly one of the most difficult things to do for yeah. an actor. Yeah. Um, I, I, agree. I I spend so much time, obviously, when I'm not directing, mm -hmm. I'm watching theatre or yeah. working with students. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the skill of being able to be instinctive and impulsive mm -hmm. throughout a piece of music which has yeah. a tempo, which mm -hmm. has a rhythm set for Absolutely. you, which has a melody, you, yeah. you have to go where that is. Yeah. You know, but and, to keep and it still instinctive. be able to make yeah. choices within uh -huh. those restrictions. Uh -huh. it's, it's, I think it's really, really difficult um, mm -hmm. when you approach a song for the first time. Um, and I think, you know because because musicals are so commercial and they're so and you know they sell they sell well and and um they have catchy tunes in them some people and i'm not saying not saying everyone but some people write them off as just being you know that that bracket that we have entertainment mm -hmm. as opposed to like art and uh and i completely think the opposite but it's sort of nice to sort of go into uh acting in a straight play and be respected as much as i am in the, the musical theatre uh -huh. words world, yeah. in inverted commas. So yeah, yeah, it's it's been nice to sort of have that confidence boost. Good, that's fantastic. And you spoke a little bit about how kind of music, you know, is is kind of was has formed the the foundation yeah. or the basis of your yeah. career so yeah. far. But I just want to talk a little bit about how that journey started for you. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe we'll kind of go back to the beginning and yeah. talk about... Where, so where were you born? I was born in Lincoln, in oh, the yeah. East Midlands. Okay. Uh, up, up north, as most people would oh, say, yeah. down here. <laughs> and do you have a musical family? Not at all. Right. No. no. Um, my mum is a nurse, mm -hmm. and my dad um, was a factory worker. Okay. And um, there's no sort of... Um, no one in my family had had a, 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 a musical vocation, as it were, but we were all very much, you mm -hmm. know, we'd listen to music all the time. Whenever we'd do chores, there'd be music blazing in the front mm -hmm. room. And um, what music? Yeah. What kind of music? Oh, gosh, such a um, wide um, sort of selection. Stevie Wonder... Michael Jackson, Mariah mm -hmm. Carey was a big one, Whitney Houston. Um, but then you also had like Kate Bush mm -hmm. and Bob Marley mm -hmm. and, you know, so many sort of different... Mm -hmm. Genres, it, yeah. Yeah, genres sort of com coming together. But it was great. It was just, yeah. So although it wasn't a vocationally music household, mm -hmm. there was always music playing. There was always music playing, but was there always musicals playing? Was, was there theatre no. No. Okay. <laughs> no, so, not at all, really. The, the only musicals, really, that I knew as a kid, and this is this wasn't even as a young... Um, when I was younger, it was more like when I got into teenage. Mm -hmm. um, it was um, more your... The Wiz. Right. And um, the original movie of Fame, 
um, was a favourite of mine, even though it had a lot of profanity in it, swearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what was another one? Little Shop. I uh-huh. really enjoyed. Like I got, I got that DVD when I was like fourteen or fifteen. Um, yeah. But there was none of. So I didn't grow up with like the sound of music. Yeah. Or, or those classic MGM. Yeah. Films yeah no. Like that. No. Nothing yeah, like yeah. that. Um, it was more the like modern sounding musicals uh-huh. that could and pass. soulful, but, by the soulful, sound of thing, yeah, yeah, soulful, but that could sort of pass as pop music, right? Essentially. Yeah, yeah, got you. Um, so I didn't really grow up listening to those classic books. And so, how do you go from Lincoln, no real interest in musicals, yeah. to being nominated for an Olivier <laughs> for a musical? Well, it's it's not even that I didn't have the interest. It just wasn't wasn't. Um, like I said, I didn't grow up around it. So I, I, I wasn't into sport, mm-hmm. um, but I needed, and I didn't really enjoy like, um, as I'm doing now, I'm suffering quite badly with hay fever. So I wasn't an outdoorsy kind of kid. It's horrible, <laughs> um, like, isn't it? I, yeah, it's the worst yeah, climbing trees and hay stuff. Hay I was like, oh. it's horrible. It was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like go out much. Um, so singing, I just enjoyed singing and singing was something that I just did sort of as my hobby. And, um, and do you remember the first musical you saw on stage? Well, the first play you saw on stage? No. Really? I remember I'd always been involved as a kid at school in um, sort of like the drama club. Mm -hmm. I do the the school play and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And it was through that that I realised that I enjoyed doing it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I made a lot of friends through it. And my mum took me to a, a local sort of kids andram club mm-hmm. um, that I, I did like once a week and stuff, which was fun. But again, that was more just, just sort of seeing friends and it, I would never really took it seriously as um, something that I would be interested in doing for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and we used to, you know, do plays and put on musicals and like showcases and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which was a lot of fun. It's funny, actually, I, mean, I spoke to you on the way here uh, before we started recording, but I spoke to a couple of people about you before we did the interview, mm-hmm. and they both said, um, because they had just happened to know yeah. you, uh, that you actually, for a long time, mm. were quite happy to to take or leave a career in the yeah. arts. And it wasn't something, even when you were training, yeah. well, I was actually speaking to a dancer <laughs> yeah, about you, um, but even when you were training, you were kind of, not entirely sure whether it was going to be something that you pursue for an entire career. Yeah. Um, So it wasn't until I was about 16. So at 16, I'd, um, like I said, I'd been involved in in local productions and um, I was part of a youth theatre and um, I'd done my drama GCSE and I was sort of on the cusp of deciding what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I decided that I wanted to be a lawyer and that was sort of the, th- the feeling that I the feeling that I had throughout the whole of, 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 of secondary school I'd, I'd wanted to do something like that lawyer doctor even though I'm not very good with the sciences but something like that and um I was talking to my drama teacher and he and he was like that's great be a lawyer but don't you know, forget your, 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 that you enjoy mm-hmm. acting, you enjoy singing. So, you know, keep it up. Mm. So when I decided to do my A-levels alongside it, I did a BTEC in performing arts because I just enjoyed it and I loved it and it, and it was great. And I really got on with my teachers and, uh, it got to the end of my A-levels or when I was applying for the university and my drama teacher said to me, just apply 
for drama school. See what happens. You enjoy mm. it. You love it. Um, go and see. You know, you know, you might not even get in, mm-hmm. but at least you you can say that you tried yeah. it now. And I applied to Mountview mm-hmm. and I got in, which mm. was surprising, but also surprising in a way that I didn't know how happy I'd be to get in. Right. I thought if I got in, yeah, cool, I got mm-hmm. in, now I'm going to go do the raw thing. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't get in, oh, well, like, yeah. you know, whatever. But I was really chuffed. I was, I was really, really happy. So I decided that, you know, while I'm young and fit, mm-hmm. that I'd go to drama school and, and see if I enjoyed it and see if it was something that I wanted to do. And then after that, if it wasn't for me, I'd go back and do the law because the law's always going to be there. Um, and then at, at drama school, it was interesting. The first year, you know, like you said, there are so many people who dream about going to mm. drama school and dream about acting for, mm. you know, from the moment they can speak that uh-huh. like, I want to be an actor, I want to be a performer. Yeah. And there were so many big personalities in my year at drama school that it was a bit overwhelming to to go and be like, yeah, I really enjoy doing this. I love performing. I love singing. Mm. I love dancing. I love acting. Mm. But it's not the world to me. It's mm. not the be all and end all to me. And it was a bit like, maybe I'm not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have to have that mm. Yeah, obsession, obsession, yeah. desire to, mm. to, to be able to do this. So, it, so not only was I, um, I wasn't sure if it was for me, mm-hmm. but also I wasn't sure if I'd be accepted into this, mm. you know, world yeah. because it That's, wasn't. My, it's funny you, know, you say that yeah. because we've only met a few times, yeah. but every time I have met you, I've always thought you're the least show, well, one <laughs> of the least showbiz people I've ever met. And obviously, you're doing so incredibly well yeah. uh, in in the business, but. Um, it's just always interested me how yeah. that's, it's not, you're not really about yeah. kind of pushing your way to the no. front and being the focus of a conversation yeah. or anything yeah. like that. But I, and, and I think that's the side of it that sort of scares me a little bit. Because and I'm, is that the side of it that made you think maybe I want to do something else? Because yeah. that's yeah. not for me. Exactly. But I can sing, yeah. I can act, yeah. I can move, but yeah. you know. Because the, yeah. the performing thing is where I'm most comfortable. Mm-hmm. The doing interviews kind of thing and, and sort of like being myself in this industry is, 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 is what sort of um, holds me back a little bit. And, you know, in an office job or, or something like that, you can, you, you can just keep yourself to yourself. You don't uh-huh. have to sort of be showy in any way. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. So I'm comfortable doing that. So it's sort of taken me a while to sort of get comfortable being me mm-hmm. in this industry and has um i mean we'll go back a little bit again yeah. to the to yeah. the journey but yeah. has becoming more successful made that more difficult because now people like me <laughs> do do what yeah. hey tyrone can yeah. do an interview yeah. um yeah. is is that more difficult anyway and you know you've got to smile on the red carpet yeah, and the olivier's yeah. and things yeah. like that is oh, that goodness. yeah is yeah. that tough i mean i think I, i'll be honest i think i'd find that tough yeah i think anyone would because mm. it's 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 exposing it's mm. you know you're on stage you're playing a part Mm-hmm. And you've got the sort of, you know, if people don't like what you're doing, oh, you know, the director told me to do this or the song's that, mm-hmm. the song. You can like, hide you behind the character yeah, exactly, the performance. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but when you're on the red carpet, it's just you and mm. whether you look good in your tux mm. and, you know, mm. um, that that kind of thing. And, you know, what's he on about when he's do, doing that interview? interview? Mm. Why did he say that? Ooh, no, mm. one wants, no one cares about that. Mm. Um, so, um, but having had the experience of, you know, doing Jesus Christ Superstar and people wanting to talk to me about my life and stuff. Mm. I've done a few interviews and I've, I've met um, people in the industry who want to talk to me about, mm-hmm. about certain things. And, and you sort of, 
get used to it but yeah. it always you, you, that's the thing you get used to it but it never becomes normal normal yeah. or easy it's funny Julie Atherton sat exactly where you yeah. are when we did yeah. her interview for this podcast and yeah. she said the same she just yeah. thinks it's really odd that people want to know about yeah. her yeah it's but strange, I think yeah. my point is that I want my kind of ambition for this series is that I want to put the spotlight on real actors and yeah. people who really really want to do this yeah. I think far too often in this business we want to focus on people who are maybe celebrities or they've got the spotlight on them for maybe the wrong reasons and my ambition is to put the the spotlight on Mm -hmm. people when I was growing up you know, people like Ruthie Henshaw, Michael mm-hmm. Ball, John mm-hmm. Barrowman. These, yeah. the, these were real celebrated yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. they really, really were seasoned jobbing actors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like the spotlight slightly strayed onto yeah. other people who maybe aren't actually yeah. as focused on the work. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of my ambition for this yeah. series is to want to talk to people who are actually doing it for a job mm-hmm. and not. You and, know. I, and I think there's, you know, t- times are changing. Like we were talking about earlier, obviously in theatre you have to have something that draws an audience mm. and that's when producers have to think really, you know, carefully about who they cast with regards to, you know, we want people to see this show. So we have to cast mm-hmm. people who people want to see. Mm. And sometimes um, they have to go down the, you know, celebrity mm-hmm. route. They might not have a, a, a route in performing or, 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 or singing or dancing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it really, really works and mm. sometimes it doesn't. But I think now the times are changing a little bit where, you know, with people like Charlie Stemp, for example, mm-hmm. who's now on Broadway mm. in Hello Dolly, he's just your, your average Joe, you know. That's been quite fascinating dancer. to watch, yeah. hasn't it? Because yeah. they've just made him a star. Exactly. They've just created exactly. a star. But that's what used to happen back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's becoming more popular these days mm. as well. Um, and you know, there's always going to be the thing of, you know, we have to have someone that's going to pull the audience in. We have Mm. to, because at the end of the day, without those people, these shows wouldn't survive Mm. and more people would be out of work. More actors would be out of work. So I, I support it in that respect, but I think there should be an equal, um, you know, on the other side of it, really promoting Mm. these people who have worked. Well, it works in both ways. I mean, you know, again, we'll talk about all of this later, but you know, uh, Amber Riley and Dreamgirls, which you were obviously in, you know, that's, that's, Celebrity casting, absolutely. but it's also but fantastic. For so the right reasons, yeah. exactly. Like she mm. was absolutely phenomenal mm. in the show. And, you know, before we started, people were just like, oh, she just got the girl from Glee. Of course mm. they weren't like, you know, but, you no, know, she look was what phenomenal. Happened. She was absolutely yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And mm. people came to see the show to see her and left loving the show. Yes. And and that was great. And it was the same when I, you know, I worked with um, with Matt Cardle on, on, mm-hmm. on, on, on X Factor. No. On, on Memphis, Memphis, who was from yeah. the X Factor, and people mm-hmm. were like, oh, he's just you know getting someone from the X Factor. Mm. He was absolutely incredible, mm. Mm. and um, sometimes it really, really pays off. Uh-huh. And you know that's great as well because mm-hmm. now you know they've got you know that's the start of their career in performing uh-huh. arts. You yeah, know, yeah, everybody yeah. starts in different places. And Beverly Knight as well, Beverly of course, Knight, another one. Yeah. yeah, Beverly Knight yeah. was absolutely incredible mm-hmm. in, that, in that show. And um, you know, I've got so many friends as well who didn't train as as actors or, or, you know, singers mm-hmm. who were doing phenomenally well, incredibly mm-hmm. well. Rachel John, Killian Donnelly, who mm-hmm. were, you know, at the top of their game and mm-hmm. learned on the job sort of work. So it's not all about um, having a route in, in, in performing yeah. arts. You, you find yourself in this world and, and it, as long as you work hard at mm-hmm. it and, you know, you've got to have the, the you know, the talent as well. But it's, it's not all about, you know, 
I I trained here and I uh-huh. you know I must have this role because I you know I, I'm a trained actor. It's mm. it's finding the right person for the role and mm. and these days you have to take into account that that includes being able to pull in an audience as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in many ways, you might find yourself the subject of that kind of a thing in the future because for something like angry, for yeah, example, yeah, yeah. Um, that's not to say that anyone else should yeah, have played yeah, the role but yeah. for, for the smaller space yeah. in Southwark yeah. to get you at this point which mm-hmm. is a really mm-hmm. great time for you isn't it yeah um, it was a bit of a coup for them absolutely yeah and I, I they did sort of um, you know on Twitter and stuff it was always Olivier nominated yeah, yeah. Tyrone Huntley which is so embarrassing and I hate it mm. but um, you know did, why is it embarrassing it's <laughs> Just out of interest, I think I, think I know. I think I know why, but I'm interested to, to hear why. I don't know. I think I think you know. I'm incredibly proud mm. of um, of the achievements that I've I've had mm. over the last couple of years that have you know stemmed from Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm. But I think now that that's over, just, mm. you know, I'm never doing Jesus Christ Superstar mm. again. That's done. I feel mm. like okay it's sort of like selling me off of achievements that I've done. Mm. Whereas, you know, it's, it's just that thing of there's the expectation. If you're, if you're selling me as an Olivier nominee, uh-huh. people are going to come and expect perfection or expect, mm. um, oh, so, so, so you feel like it's an added pressure. Or it's an added pressure. And it's and, and every show is completely different. So yeah, I, I might've been good in, in, in Jesus Christ superstar. <laughs> Who knows what I'm going to be? Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Who, yeah. I so, do know what you mean, so, but I think, I think that's, I think that's very much you putting something on yourself. I yeah. think because I think you would say, for yeah. example, yeah. having seen, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I'm putting yeah. words in your mouth, but um, having seen someone's fantastic performance in yeah. something that yeah. they wouldn't Olivier yeah. for, yeah. you wouldn't then go, "Oh, stop going on about that, Olivier." You go, "Do you know what? No one can take that Olivier away from of you. Course. What a fantastic of thing!" Yeah. So I think, but but yeah. I totally get it. I yeah. think if if people prefixed my name with yeah. Olivier Award nominee yeah. or Olivier Award winner, yeah. I'd start to think, oh, I'm more than an award. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually... But there's that as well, yeah. Mm. And, I, I, and I think um, it's just trying to... Um, whenever you start a new show or a new job, you're essentially starting from scratch. Nobody, even if you've done an incredible audition, mm. once you get into that rehearsal room, all your, you know previous accolades or whatever that they don't mean anything yeah yeah because right. what know, does that say you're only as good as your last job exactly yeah. you're only as, it's so so you know you're starting you're starting from from scratch mm-hmm. so um and not everything's gonna live up to the hype of olivier award yeah. or whatever that's so, so true yeah so it's it, a bit of a curse in a way yeah isn't it? exactly yeah. but it's like i said i'm i'm so proud and grateful for to, to have had those um uh, just acknowledgements of, you know, you're doing good, you, you're mm-hmm, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's still a little bit embarrassing. Mm. It just makes me cringe a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. But you're quite a cringer, Tyra. <laughs> <laughs> In our short time true. together, I'm yeah. realising. So I, we did, we've gone off on a fantastic tangent, yes. but I do want to go back to yes. um, training, big yes. personalities. Yeah. And you, at st- still at this point, mm-hmm. weren't entirely sure whether you weren't going to be a lawyer yeah. when you were training. So, um like I said, drama school for, for the first year especially was difficult just because I just felt like I didn't belong there. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the um, the guidance of um, incredible tutors that I had there, Sam Spencer Lane mm-hmm. um, and, a, and a wonderful acting teacher, um, Jackie Somerville, mm-hmm. um, they really pushed me to 
you know, accept you are, this is for you. Mm -hmm. You are good at this and you enjoy this. Don't let sort of the external factors affect Mm -hmm. um, your, your enjoyment of it. So um, as we, as I went through drama school, I did sort of regain that passion for it and think, no, I, I I do love being, I love being on the stage and it's something that I do want to give it. I do want to give it a go. So um, in third year, we had our third year shows and agents came to see it and we did, showcase and I signed with an agent and I started auditioning before I'd left drama school Mm -hmm. and by some you know luck um or fate I um booked my first job in Mm -hmm. Sister Act Mm -hmm. uh which was the UK tour in 2011-12 with Julie with Julie Mm. who is just hilarious and brilliant and And that small not very well-known actress Cynthia Erivo right (laughs) (laughs) yes the uh um, yes i'm I'm about to sort of go against what i just said but the multi multiple award winning uh (laughs) grammy Mm. emmy tony award winning Mm. cynthia revo um yeah it was it was incredible and i got to work with so many incredible people talented Mm. people made some you know really really Mm. some friends some, uh-huh. some people who I you know and, and and at that moment so you're doing Sister Act yeah. it was a really big show at the time it had just yeah. been at the Palladium yeah. and then it goes on tour yeah. um, was that a moment where you kind of go okay this is what I should be doing and I do kind of want to do this yeah I think I enjoyed the show I enjoyed the people um, and I was actually working with a couple of people from um, that I trained with as well, which was oh, really, really wow. cool. So oh, we sort of nice. made that journey together, which was nice. Um, and I was I was having fun and I enjoyed it. But I still felt like there was something uh-huh. not missing, but I just felt like something was sort of calling me. Mm-hmm. I'd spent the most part of my life wanting to be a lawyer or mm-hmm. something similar. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I'm enjoying this, but... What do you think it was about lawyer specifically? Because was that something about... I mean, I I don't know, you'll tell me, but... um, Because there's such an... When when you say lawyer or doctor, which was the two things that you picked up on... Excuse me. There's something about those job titles which are so respected. Yeah, absolutely. There's something about yeah. them. They have a status yeah, about them. Yeah, I, th- I think that's it. Um, so was it that you wanted to be looked at in that way? or can Yeah, more but also that? on a personal thing. You know, I always I had a group of friends that I, that I uh, close friends when I was growing up at school. And there was sort of this this rivalry, rivalry within us. Mm-hmm. You know, who gets the best grades? Who mm-hmm. gets the A star? Who gets mm-hmm. this? And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed working hard to get good grades mm-hmm. and those jobs called for good grades uh, a really um you know a, a strong work ethic mm-hmm. and i enjoyed having those um qualities and mm-hmm. i enjoyed people seeing me right. as being that guy right. that works hard uh-huh. and gets good grades and those jobs were sort of the 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 the, the epitome of that mm. um yeah for sure yeah so and then on 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 the other side being in musical theatre, people mm. look at you. Oh, yeah, you're just dancing around on stage, just singing yeah. a little bit. Well, yeah. You know, what, it's not a real yeah, job. It's not a real job. You're just, yeah. you're just prancing around. So whilst I was really, really enjoying it, again, mm. there was that thing in my head that, gosh, I need to do something that mm. um, sort of 
calls for a certain level of, of, of respect or whatever. Mm, I don't know. That's so interesting. That's really, yeah. really interesting. And was was that was that just about your friends and comparing grades, or was that something about family as well? I guess it was about family, but not like my. I remember growing up, my dad was very much like. Uh, encouraging me to get good grades and learning, you know, mm. especially as a young black man as well, mm. um, you know, being, being taken seriously and and, mm. and having the same opportunities as everyone else. I, I was very lucky. Like I, I didn't um, growing up experience um, racism or, mm-hmm. or being excluded in, in any way. But, you know, obviously my dad, who, who grew up in the 60s mm-hmm. and 70s, it was very, very different. So he wanted me to, to be not just on an equal level to everyone else, but, you know, get yeah, to yeah, the yeah, next yeah. level. So uh-huh. they had to take you seriously. Uh-huh. That said, it was never done in a, you must be a lawyer, you must be a doctor, because um, my my brothers um, weren't very into the academics mm-hmm. um, at all, and that was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I sort of, I, I enjoyed being pushed uh-huh. um at school I, I loved it I loved going mm. to school people like you know yeah. grow up it's like I hate working mm-hmm. I hate I hate mm-hmm. doing essays I loved it I mm. absolutely loved it mm. um so yeah it was sort of getting back to that as well I, mm. I liked writing, writing essays I liked handing it in and, mm. and seeing what the teacher thought and mm. and uh so you yeah. were in Sister Act, yeah uh and you still feel like there's something not that you're still not 100% mm-hmm, sure mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know you went into the Book of Mormon as well. Yes. Um, and it was during this time that you thought, okay, well, I'm going to see what that little itch is, yeah. what, what that thing is. And you started um, doing a course. Yeah. So when I was in the Book of Mormon, I, um, you know, when, when you're doing a show, you, you go to work at six and finish in te- at 10. So essentially you've got, a, apart from matinee days, you've got a four hour working day. Mm-hmm. And I was like... What can I, because now I was living in London on tour, it's a little bit different. You're sort of living out of a suitcase and you, you go into different places. So you're doing touristy things and you're meeting mm, up with the rest mm. of the company and stuff. But when you're in London and it was my first time working in London, I, I was just at home all day doing nothing, watching telly and not really doing anything with my life and then going to work and then coming home. And I thought this, there must be something else I can do with my time. So I, um, did a, a graduate diploma in law, which is essentially a law degree that mm-hmm. you do. I did it over two years, um, which definitely took up all the rest of my time. And, yeah. um, you know, I, it was, uh, it was uh, self-taught um, to some degree. Um, so a lot of the time it was just reading all the, 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 the books and, and doing lots and lots of essays that I'd send, you know, online mm-hmm. to my, my uh, tutors and stuff it was it was so hard but it was fulfilling Mm -hmm. it gave me that well for someone who loves writing essays and getting the feedback and and part of me was like maybe maybe this is something that I want to do I want to go off into the law you know I've done the performing thing I know I can do it that's fine I can leave that I can rest that now Mm -hmm. and and go and do the law thing but it sort of had the opposite Mm -hmm. um, effect in that it made me think because I passed you know, I've got that diploma now. It's on my wall. I've got a distinction. I worked really, really hard. And it mm. took, you know, it was it was two of the most difficult years of my life. But it's that thing of, I've done that now. I know I can do it. If I ever wanted to, I could go and do it. Mm. But performing is, is it has become my passion. And I, I wonder if that it. was what was important to know that you could absolutely, do it. Absolutely. It was, mm. it was, um, 
saying, I can pass these exams, I can do these essays, I can be respected by by the teachers and, and people in that industry who are saying, oh my God, you're, you're made to be a lawyer, you need to come and do this. And you've got a, a theatrical background as well, that'd be great in court and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, you know, you must do this. It's like, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. could, mm. but I don't want to. Mm. I want to I I do this, the acting thing. <laughs> and weirdly, it was around that time, kind of yeah. once you'd... Yeah. Once you'd yeah. let that go almost absolutely that things really started to yeah. have a massive yeah. change for so you so towards the end um so I actually did my final exams whilst I was doing Memphis which was my first um principal role mm-hmm. in the West End and I absolutely loved that job mm. and I again met so many incredible people who are now called friends and it everything sort of came together and I think that might have been you know, previously I was I was holding part of myself back because it, I felt like I didn't belong. Mm. But having done the law thing and got that out of the way and out mm-hmm. of my system, I was able to fully commit to to this acting thing. Mm. And, and yeah, it was. And I absolutely feel like I belong. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's yeah. nice to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people when you then did do uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. Um, we're kind of referring to you as this like overnight success. And obviously people can hear just yeah. from yeah. Uh, our yeah. interview today yeah. that obviously you've put an incredible amount of groundwork yeah. in, not yeah. only in theatre, yeah. but actually yeah. in, in other yeah. industries as yeah. well. Um, so by the time this uh, this part came to you, you were ready for it. I think, I think what was um, strange about Jesus Christ Superstar is, yes, people did think it was an overnight thing, mm. but also it was just so far removed from anything that I'd ever done before and such a big role in comparison to the things that I've done before. Mm. You know, in Memphis, I was playing a mute. I had very few lines and and one solo song. In Mormon, I, I was in the ensemble. In Sister Act, I had, you know, I was part of a, a trio. And mm. like Judas as a role is just epic. Well, in many ways, he's the lead. He's the, he's the yeah. lead. And, you know, along with Jesus. And, you know, he has these massive songs. And it was the first time I'd ever been on my own apart from the the band mm-hmm. on my own on stage mm-hmm. with no one else there and having to sort of hold it hold so, that, yeah. yeah so it was completely different so it sort of was a little bit overnight mm-hmm. and also the fact that you know I wasn't actually meant to be playing Judas at mm-hmm. all in that production I was actually cast as an, an in another role and it was only when um the person they cast as Judas couldn't mm-hmm. do the show that they I had no of, idea about did that did you not no so yeah, originally I, w- I was cast another role and um, it got to a few weeks before rehearsals and uh, the guy that they cast as Judas had to pull out um, and they sort of didn't have any other option but to, <laughs> to cast me. Well, it worked out like quite well card. for them. Yeah. What was that like at the time? So, it, petrifying, mm. absolutely petrifying. Because I'd, I'd auditioned for Judas mm-hmm. um, originally and even when I was auditioning, I was like, oh, this is not for me. This, I could not do this. And um, when they cast me in the, the other role, I was like, yeah, I, this role I can do. That, that I'm, You know, even that role was, mm. was challenging, but I was like, that I can do. Uh-huh. Um, so when they called me back to, to re-audition for Judas, I was like, I can't do this. And it took my agent saying, just go, see what mm. happens. You mm. never know. Mm. Um and luckily it, it worked out very but it, well but it worked but it, it it felt overnight for other people it felt overnight to me mm. I didn't think I was ready at all wow. and the first year we did it you know I spent a lot of time with Tim mm-hmm. uh, Sheeda the director you know he was he was director slash agony uncle mm-hmm. sort of give it you know he was constantly just trying to 
you know, every day, you can do this, you mm-hmm. can do this. And what was it specifically? I mean, I guess maybe this is an obvious question. Maybe it was just the yeah. size of the robot. Yeah. What was it specifically that you thought you couldn't do? I think vocally it's it's incredibly demanding. And even mm. having done it twice, the thought of ever having to do it ever again is petrifying mm. because, you know, it's vocal stamina. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because, you know, I'd done shows where I was singing one song and people were like, oh God, we love that song. You sounded great in that mm. song. And then having to do that for so many more mm. songs in, mm. in, in Jesus Christ Superstar, it's like, well, I can do it for one song. I don't know if I can sustain it for a whole show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a lot of pressure. And like I said, exposing, I was on the stage on my own mm-hmm. for the first time. Um, so it was, it was just, it was just nerve wracking. And also there's that thing of, you know, when you're uh, replacing someone, it's like, well, you know, you're not the first choice, you mm. know, you know, they'd rather have someone else, this other person doing it. So it's having to prove yourself as well. Uh-huh. But also there's been so many incredible performances of Judas in the past yes. on film, yeah. on Broadway, in, in London. Mm. It's sort of just like, are people just going to come and think, oh, he's mm. not as good as blah, blah, blah. Mm. So it was just a lot of pressure. And you mentioned that you did so, so for those people who don't know uh, you did the show twice yes. both times at Regent's yeah. Park uh, there was a huge fuss made of it the first time yeah. practically sold out yeah, 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 um, and then they brought it back for yeah, the second year yeah. um, was it in between that that you were nominated for the Olivier yes okay so you come back <laughs> yeah is that an added pressure to go Absolutely. into the role Absolutely. that people go oh he was nominated for an Olivier yeah. for this yeah. it should be really good oh my goodness it was terrifying because mm. people you know, especially people who hadn't seen it the first year were coming again, expecting excellence. Mm. It's been, you know, I was nominated for Olivier. The show won Best Musical Revival. Mm -hmm. It won Best Musical at the uh, the Evening Standard Awards. People were coming to see, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. the show that was incredible. So there was absolutely added pressure. But at the same time, I knew I could do it. I'd done it before. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was that, that balance of, of, yeah, there's a lot more pressure this time, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I know I can do it. And people mm. enjoyed it the last time. So, you know, what I was doing worked. Mm. So it's just trying to tap into that again. I know, it's, it's such a huge role, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely it's just, massive. It's and epic. one of those iconic roles as well in terms of musical yeah, theatre. Yeah, yeah, it's, one yeah. Of it's, you know, I just, I remember at drama school, you know, Heaven on Their Minds and, and uh, Gethsemane being mm. part of you know, yeah. everyone's rep, everyone's yeah, in yeah, song sure. presentation classes and all that kind of stuff. It was, it, they, they were, you know, it was a big deal, you know, musical theatre history. Mm. So that was an added pressure as well. And people, but but what was amazing is that people were coming who'd seen the original production in, in London, yeah. coming to our production and saying, that was better than the original wow, or that yeah. was equal to, uh-huh. or wow, we haven't seen a production of this, of Jesus Christ Superstar that, 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 that was so good in, mm. in such a long time. It was, it was great. And again, that was confidence boosting. So, yeah. And what would you like to kind of happen next? Obviously for now you're really happy kind of, yeah. Uh, going back to basics yeah, 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 yeah. doing yeah, these yeah, yeah. Uh, more acting based yeah. smaller more mm-hmm. challenging mm-hmm. spaces yeah. where you really have to kind of you can't rely on the set or Absolutely. the huge yeah, 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 yeah. you know you're relying on your yeah. skill yeah. Uh, but what would you like to kind of see now? we know you're not going to go into a courtroom anytime yeah. soon <laughs> so what would you like to see happen next I think um, I want to use these experiences in small theatres doing um you know, plays without music, trying to hone my skills as an actor, working with people who, you know, different types of people. A lot of people I work with on musical theatre have just done musical theatre, mm. you know, um, come from a very 
dance background or singing background and it's just diff- it's so different to work with people who have never done that kind of thing or musicians mm-hmm. obviously I've worked with musicians before in the, in the orchestra and bands that I've would that you I've, do an album would I do an album mm. I think I think a lot of people would quite like that from you <laughs> I think it's 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 an option that's out there mm. I, I actually have had um, talks with my agent about potentially doing something like that to recording some things but um recorded media is not something that I'm 100% comfortable with yet and I don't know whether that's a confidence in thing terms of TV as well and yeah, film, yeah yeah it's not something that I'm um desperate to do mm-hmm. but it's something that I'm exploring like I, I do quite I, like that yeah, though because yeah. you know so many people um in theatre are oh really they're just waiting to get their TV yeah, break yeah but I like someone yeah. who's like no actually I yeah. really like theatre I'm kind of happy here that said like we were talking about earlier there is there is the thing now where um a lot of people are getting their break into musical theatre via TV. So it does kind of support. So it's, it, yeah. yeah. So if I, you know, I would never turn mm-hmm. down a TV job or a film job because mm-hmm. it might, it may well sort of support me in other areas, in, in, yeah. you know, further, to, uh-huh. you know, they might be able to sell a show, come and see Tyrone Huntley from yeah. blah, blah, blah. From Hollyoaks. From Hollyoaks, yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> for now, you are at the Watermill. How long are you there for? We're there until the 16th of June. Okay. So yeah, 10th of May, right. 16th of June. Okay, yeah. well, I hope it goes well. Thank you very and much. And if people want to follow you or get in touch with you, obviously they can follow you on the Stage Door app. But, yes. Um, Social on, media? Yes, I'm on Twitter, mm-hmm. Tyrone Huntley. Mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram, Tyrone.Huntley. Very annoying, Tyrone Huntley was taken. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not a, a massive social media person, but... Um, what? That really surprises me well, after everything you've said. But, I, but <laughs> saying that, occasionally I come out with some brilliant tweets. You definitely need to follow me okay, on Twitter. Okay, I'm following you now. Yeah. Following. <laughs> Thanks so much for today, Tyrone. Thank Lovely to talk me. to you. Thank you. Bye.